Okay, so yesterday we were speaking about how Hanukkah is the idea of education. And the um, effort we put into education is something which lasts forever to our children, grandchildren. And whenever you, you reach somebody, you educate them, it touches them, it's something which goes on to, to their children and grandchildren. So, and the Torah says the way to do this is according to their path. According to their path. And yet, although it seems like it's limited, it's just their path, the Torah says that's how you reach infinity. That's how, if you go according to where they are, then the Torah promises, even when they get older, they won't leave the path. So, um, the Rebbe emphasized that the um, that it's analogous to investing money in a business that you put in a you put in a dollar and you do this although you're losing money now because you're going to gain so much later, and so too when you reach out to another Jew, it may look like oh it's just a small amount of t- small amount of time. It's what you, you put in a Shabbos. What, what the person's going to leave? They're going to go back home. What's the point? Whenever it says that, huh? we are on page Chafe. And yet, although it's only a, a small amount of time that, you, that you're working with this with this person and you're trying to share them something, and it seems like it's a waste of time, but the truth is that it's like planting a seed, and you don't know what's going to come out of the seed because you're planting the seed in the earth. The earth means the Jewish people. Al-Shanda says that every Jew is compared to the soil. It's also like there's such rich resources in the soil. And scientists will never discover the true resources that are, that are there because it's, it's, it's endless. So too within a Jew. Rabbi um, Darren, he was here, said something amazing. He said, people always say that when the devil looks at a Jew, the devil looks at him in a way that all he sees is this Jew. So he said, but why is that? The reason that's true is because, because the devil sees in the Jew infinity. That looks at the Jew, and there's no there's no end to how far to look at the Jew because in the Jew there's everything. So, um, so similar way, um, when you put in time to to share with them, you plant a seed in in, a, in the fertile soil of the Jew, which is fertile beyond imagination. Um, things will grow, and uh, it and it's worth investing even if it, even just. And chance that things will grow, just like in business, you invest on a chance, you make, make you make so much more. Okay. So then the river goes on, the next part of this same uh, segment of the Fabringen, discussing about educating a child. We know the child about Hashem. Tell the child God created the world. So what does the child think is telling God created the world? He pictures God as having a body. Right? Remember when you were a child? You went to Abish created the world? You, 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 what do you have? Did yours have a beard? Anyways, so he's not like everyone else's body, but he's a bigger body, a stronger body, a more beautiful body. But still, the child pictures God as having a body. You know the child, the finger of God? What does a child think about? A finger. A bigger finger, but a finger. When you tell a child, say, Maida'ani, offer thanks, I offer thanks before you living an eternal king. What does a child think of when you say the word king? He thinks of a human king. He thinks like the, about, about the king he saw in a parade. About he saw, saw, he saw a picture of a king. He heard about a king. 
But he thinks Hashem is not like, is not like a regular king, a human king, because he is living forever, but he still has a body. Because a child cannot understand something which does not have a body, and that doesn't have any, any semblance of a body. He can't even picture something in a way of Hasagas Hashil. Hasagas Hashil means to know what something is not. In other words, you, 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 we don't know, um, when we talk about, let's say, Hashem's wisdom, we don't know what Hashem's wisdom is, we just know that it's beyond human wisdom. That with the, with the farther we know what wisdom is, the more we're able to have a picture of something which is beyond wisdom. So the child is not able to, to do that abstract um, uh, exercise of knowing what something isn't, like, a, like an adult can. Um, there is a expression of Shoma Melech. If I would know him, I would be him. But a child can't even understand that he can't understand. The child's not able to know that he can't understand, understand either. He just thinks there's a big king, there's a finger, there's a... There, that's how a child pictures God. So we need to understand something. When an adult would picture God as having a big body, that's something which contradicts our faith fundamentally. Someone who does this has no share in the world to come. As we learned last week, what the Rambam and the Rahib, remember? That, that, that once the Rambam has, has explained uh, how Hashem can't possibly have a body, so now to think that Hashem has a body is heretical. So how can we teach a child the Torah of truth in such a way when he the child is getting it the opposite? Huh? The other way is that Hashem created the, um, the man like... In the image of God. The image of God, yeah. Right. Right. Nevertheless, mean? if you think so what does that mean? mean? That means that, 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 that there's ten spheres. Hashem contracted himself to have ten spheres. Okay. That means Hashem contracted his light to have ten spheres. But the question is, you're teaching a child the Torah. And you're teaching the Torah of truth. And a child is having heretical thoughts because of your teaching. How does that make sense? If you would think the same thing a child is thinking right now, you would be considered someone who has no share in the world to come. You're thinking heresy. And yet you're telling the child, here, listen, let me teach you Torah. Well, you're not teaching him Torah, you're teaching him heresy. And the answer is like this. It says in the Gemara, the kingdom on earth is similar to the kingdom in heaven. That means that everything that exists by human king, like for example, it says in the Gemara, if a king would declare that a mountain should be uprooted, boom, they uproot the mountain. So the reason why a king has such power is because Hashem, because a king's reign emanates from God's reign. That's the way it is by God. God says something, that's the way it is. And so too regarding uh, your, your father, I was telling the child, if your father's feeding you, your father's giving you to eat and to drink, that's because God is giving him the ability to do this. God feeds the whole world. Your father is an emissary of God. So when the child pictures the Hashem like a human king, it's true. Because whatever exists by a human king comes from God. Yes, Hashem is not a king, like a human king. Hashem doesn't have a body. But the reason that something exists in a king or in a body is because, is because of the way things are by Hashem. The king, the source of a human king is from the, from, from the real king, from the, the divine king. So the child picturing a human king is picturing something which emanates from Hashem. So the same is also regarding um, educating a child according to his path. That... When you educate a child according to his path, and you teach a child in his language, in, in a non-language of, of the Gentiles, teaching him as we're learning now, we're learning, learning Torah in English. So you're, you're giving a garment to the child, but in this garment there's the truth. 
you are teaching the child about a human king, but in the garment of human a human king, if he probes deeper, he'll discover the divine king. Because the reason why a human king has these abilities is because a human king emanates from Hashem. And more, there is in Hasidus an expression about the power of a parable, that whenever you have a, a uh, parable to convey an analog, there's something in the parable itself that has a great light. Never doesn't mention this here, but the Gemara says that when a mayor passed away, the Gemara says, no one can give parables anymore. In order to be able to give a parable, to give a marshal, you have to have a real deeper understanding of the idea. That's how you're able to dress it into a parable. So in a similar way, um, there, there is a great light in the parable, and that's why it's able to be dressed so low. To bring something down really low, you have to be able to go deeper. In a similar way, the fact that that the uh, the child is seeing things through this garment, through this parable, is not a deficiency. In the contrary, that, that the reason why Hashem's light is able to descend so low and to be a, in, and, and to express itself in a human king is because of the divine source of the of the king. So the question though was as follows: the one who is educated is coming now with a question. Rebbe says he says, "Okay, one second. You're telling me you're supposed to educate me according to my path, right? That's what it's supposed to be. So, why can't I be satisfied with things going according to my path, and I'm done? You educate me the way I am, according to what my, my I'm comfortable with, and we'll stop right here. I'm up. You said you have to educate me according to my path. This is where I'm up to. The language of Popeye, I am what I am. That's all I am. You teach me according to my path, and I'll stay here. So the answer is says in the Torah. There are those who, who make darkness into light, and they make light into darkness. They think that light is darkness, and think that darkness is light. That means they don't know what light is, they don't know what darkness is, and they they say that things which are really important are not are not important. Um, so that's why there's a need to, um, to for, the, for the child to, to not be satisfied where, where he is. Never mentioned in continuation of the subject, we say in our prayers every day, in chapter 20 in Psalms, all the nations walk, uh, each man walks with his God, and we walk with the name of Hashem. So the virtue of each nation is, is seen in their, in their idols, in their God. You see who they are by the, what they worship. By Hashem, by Hashem externally, Hashem has no body. And... But Hashem has Mahu Rachma Mahu Chana. The Gemara says Hashem tells us just like Hashem is merciful, just like Hashem is benevolent, so too we're commanded to be benevolent and kind. But the Gentiles who have idols of silver and gold, externally there's nothing there. I'm sorry, by us externally we don't see anything. But by Pneumius, we are our our who do we worship? We worship someone who is merciful, someone who's benevolent. So externally there's no silver, there's no gold, there's no glance, there's no glamour. You don't see anything externally when we describe Hashem. We say you can't understand Him; He has no body. But what? But who are we worshiping? Bepnimius. Who is this? This someone who is merciful and kind. By the Gentiles, they worship gods of silver and gold, but they themselves are—they themselves say that their idol does the most disgusting things, like stealing and cheating, and till incest and murder. 
as in, in, the, in the books of, I was quoting uh, books of idolatry, I'm not sure if, from the Greeks or whoever, but they're, they're, these are their gods. This is, this is, they believe, and they, they have silver and gold, externally it looks very nice, but Pneumius, what is it? They're worshipping most disgusting kinds of things. So it comes out that um, the... Um, That the child, the child's asking the question, "Why do I need to go further in my education? I, I, I this is where I'm up to." The Abbas says, "Though you see from the road that you're on, that it's not really the real road. So, just like the Gemara says that you take an axe from the forest itself, the, the, the wood is what creates the axe knocked on the knocked on the forest. So too, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I messed things up. The Abbas talking, continuing talking about the idols." Ebbe says, you want to know what's wrong with the Gentile? Um, we see that, the, 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 when he mentioned that there's those who attribute light to darkness and light darkness to light, Ebbe mentions the idolatry of the Gentiles, and he says, you don't have to look at other books, let's look at what they say about their idols. And you already see that, 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 how, how, how false they are. And Ebbe concluded this segment, if I bring my talking with the necessity of education, as Rebbe Rashab said, just like it's an obligation to put on film every day, so too we have to dedicate 50 minutes a day to think what we can do for Chinuch. Here, just like it's an obligation, it says over here, 15 minutes a day to think what we do about Chinuch. I know you're familiar with how Yom Yom it says, it says a half hour a day. Here, the Abbas says 15 minutes. I know that Abbas Alexson, maybe that's where he got it from, Abbas Alexson said that the word 15 minutes, the word in Yom Yom, a half hour, is, uh, is, 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 he writes that that just means a small amount of time. He proves some Allah or something. But here, the Abbas says 15 minutes. Um, it's much more doable, right? <laughs> yeah, twice. Now, now that we're thinking of time, 15 minutes. I always thought, like, oh, this is just some, some segment of time. Okay, going right along. So, um, in Torah this week, the next segment of the Fabrengen, that we discusses the story of Yaakov not wanting to send Binyamin back to Yosef. Yosef posing as the, as the viceroy of Egypt, not as their brother. And he says, I don't believe you. Bring back Binyamin. And then I'll know that this is that you are really authentic. So Yaakov refuses to send Binyamin. Why? He says because maybe some tragedy will happen on the road. So the Gemara says a tragedy could happen anywhere. Why are you afraid of a tragedy on the road? A tragedy could happen. A tragedy could happen at home too. So the Lazarus Ben Yaakov, Elias Ben Yaakov says because the Satan specifically uh, accuses a person when it's a time of danger. That's what um, on the road. When the person on the road, person on the road is dangerous yeah. place, and there's more of it, more of a chance of, of, of being attacked. Um, it also says that Yaakov was afraid, as a brother of Yosef, that he suspected his brothers, just like Yosef, uh, was attacked by a wild animal on the road. Um, uh, sorry, not not because Yosef's brothers. Because Yosef was attacked by a wild animal, so too his brother also may be attacked by a wild animal. He's a brother of Yosef. And his mother, Rachel, also died on the road. Um, so that, there's a long talk there about this, discussing this in many different angles. But at the end, there explains the Hasidic, which we're going to go straight to, the Hasidic message from this story. The Zohar says that Yosef's attribute is called the supernal tzaddik. His attribute is Yesod. Yesod is about, Yesod means bonding. Yesod is a divine energy that, just like when you bond with someone else, 
you are connecting with them, right? You're leaving yourself to, go into, to, to be, feel, where, feel where they are. So to the tzaddik, who is called Yosoi, what is his role? His role is to draw down godliness from heaven and bring it to this world. So Yosef specifically is, is the, is the uh, progeny of Yaakov. So whatever Yaakov has in the highest world of Atzilus, Yosef has the role of conveying what's in Atzilus to the worlds of Briyatzilus, to the worlds beneath Atzilus. Beneath, uh, That's what the Gemara means when it says, whatever happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef. What it means spiritually is, whatever is true in, in Atzilus, that Yaakov did in Atzilus, Yosef brought that down to the worlds beneath Atzilus. But it's possible that Yosef brings us down to, to the world beneath, beneath Atzilus only if he is attached to Yaakov. When he's attached to Yaakov, then he can bring it down. But if Yosef is not attached to Yaakov, he's attached to this world, then he's, then he's no longer able to bring down Yaakov's light to this world. And so too regarding Benjamin, who is called the lower level of tzaddik. Yosef is called the higher level of tzaddik, who connects to Yaakov where Yaakov is, and he draws down Yaakov's love light to this world. That's Yosef's function. So Yaakov said to himself, well, if in order to do this, you have to be connected to me. Yosef can't do this when he leaves me. So Benjamin either, he is, he is called the lower level of tzaddik, he's supposed to bring down the light of Hashem, the light of Yaakov, even lower. He needs to be with me to bring this down. What this means is, um, not that Yosef can't leave Yaakov at all, but Pneumius, inside Yosef, there has to be something of Yaakov. Not that Yosef can't physically depart from Yaakov, but he has to be attached to Yaakov. That's what ya- ya- Yaakov says that Benjamin can't leave me, Yosef can't leave me. In order to Yosef do what Yosef needs to do, he has to be attached to me. Not physically, but he has to be attached to me. So, in other words, let's bring this down to ourselves. In order to be able to bring light to the world, you can't be interested in the world. If you're interested in the world, then you're not going to be able to bring light to the world. Like I learned a few weeks ago about the, the emissaries of, of Yaakov that went to Esau, that the says, the Mizitja Magad said, because he wanted to stay with Yaakov, they remained spiritual. So in a similar way, uh, because Yosef is attached to Yaakov, because Binyamin is attached to Yaakov, that's what they're able to bring the light of Yaakov to the, to the world. Um... But externally, they have to go to Egypt. As we see that Yosef and Yemen did go to Egypt. And so do Yaakov went to the Egypt. Um, Yosef's arrival to Egypt before Yaakov got there made things easier. But Yosef had to go to Egypt first. Uh, I'm sorry, but Yosef had to go to Egypt. Yes, it's true that they remain attached to Yaakov, but physically they had to go to Egypt. So specifically by descending to the lowest of places, to Egypt, that's how the highest of heights was reached. Specifically by us going to Egypt, that's how we were able to reach a much higher level than before. Yeah, you follow the idea. So, so, so that's the meaning, the spiritual meaning of Yaakov not wanting to send not wanting to send the and He's saying that in order to be able to convey what he has, he has to be attached. Now, did he, did he actually have to stay there with him? He could go, but externally only. He has to want to be with Yaakov. So, bottom line is, you have to want to be attached to Hashem and attached to the tzaddik, and attached to Yaakov, and then you're able to impact the world. But if once you want the world, you're no longer able to affect the world. Once you're interested in, like we were discussing last week, once an ambassador of a certain country buys real estate in that country, he no longer is, is eligible to be ambassador anymore. He's, all, he's now considered 
He's, he's now been smitten by the country he's sent to, and he's no longer uh, able to to to, uh, to serve his own country, uh, own country the way he's supposed to. Um, it's like the uh, story of uh, Yosef and Potiphar's wife. It was the image of his father that kept him from sinning, right? Right, 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 exactly. Very, very, exactly the point, right. The, the image of his father is what kept him from sinning. I know whether Rabbi Reichik got this from, I'm not sure if this is from the Rebbe or not, but Rabbi Reichik said, if you look carefully in that Rashi you're quoting, Rashi says he saw the image of his father, but he says, he saw his image of his father. What does that mean? If it was a picture, he could say he had a picture, it was his picture. Reichik said he saw the way his father looked at him. He knew his father believes him. He knew that my father looks at me in a way that he saw himself the way his father sees him. His father sees him as... as, as, as he knows when his father looks at him, he believes in him, he sees him, he sees, he sees who he really is. What kept Yosef going was, was, was the way his, he saw, he saw the, the way his father looks at him. L'chaim, 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 You can think about yourself, the way you look at yourself, and then you think, why does the rabbi look at me? You know, it's, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah. When you're close to the tzaddik in the middle, oh. you hide. When, uh, so the, the word machatzit yeah. in ha- half, at the, the center of the word is the letter tzaddik. Yeah. The two letters closest to the tzaddik are chai. Mm. The letters farther from the tzaddik are mace. Mm. And attached to the tzaddik, you need to alive. That actually was a very powerful sikh that everyone said that, that um, my father in law was a person that he brought life to every person came in contact with, made them alive. It was, well, who is, it was conveying the Friedrich Kevin in one sentence. Who is he? Someone who brought life to everyone he came in contact with. That's how you saw such a kishmaki hit. That's how you saw such a kishmaki hit. Life. I don't want to embarrass you anymore. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to yantif. The Rebbe said that it's Mitzi Chanukah Ben Yantif. I didn't make it up. It's in the script. You have to watch. You have to watch.